Hey there, welcome. This is Daniel M. from Beulah Alliance Church. As we open up the scriptures together, I hope this helps you know Jesus deeply and be known by him fully. Enjoy the message. Hey, so uh, as we get started, I'm curious by show of hands, uh, how many of you have ever stepped barefoot on one of these? Yeah? Lego? It's, it's a piece of Lego. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. I've, I've heard that there are actually people who would rather step barefoot on shards of glass and hot coal than on Lego. Isn't that crazy? I mean, uh, in fact, there's, there's a growing competition of, of people who are crazy enough to intentionally walk on as many of these as they can for as long as they can. And there's lots of world records around this too. Um, so I want to briefly show you this, this clip because uh, I want to see, I, I want you to experience through this video how painful it actually is. So take a look at this. Who's ready to break the world record? Okay. He walks 834 meters on Lego. This is his Guinness World Record walk. Right, this is clearly at the beginning. I mean, he's excited. He's like, I could do this. Isn't that nuts? And this is later on. <laughs> Look at his face. And that was a scream, a groan of pain. He's finished all and then afterwards, and the welts on his here, feet. So. Like, it why would like you do that to yourself, like right? Pretty well. Um, it's crazy. It's okay so there. bad that they I'm had that to bandage right. it. All right, so uh, I thought it would be pretty neat if we would do the same thing uh, and see if we can break the world record here. I just need a volunteer, uh, and then we'll bring the Lego out, and I've invited an adjudicator. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> here's why we're talking about Lego. Uh, there's a huge difference between stepping on Lego with your bare feet and with your shoes on, right? Like there's a complete, there's, a, there's such a difference. Like without, uh, with shoes, it doesn't hurt at all, but without shoes, it's a completely different story. And in the same way, there's a complete difference between living with the gospel of peace shoes on and off. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the third piece of the armor of God, which are the feet fitted with the gospel of peace. We're in the middle of this series called Stand Against on Ephesians 6. So let's read verse 14 and 15, and we can get started and see what we're talking about. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. Or in the NLT, for shoes, Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now there's widespread agreement um, that when Paul was talking about the shoes fitted with the gospel of peace, he was thinking about the Caliga. Now the Caliga are, were heavy-duty, thick-soled open boots. Take a look at this picture. Uh, they had hobnailed soles, as you can see there. Now I know these look like sandals, uh, because to us, they are, but to them, they weren't sandals. The Romans had different sandals that they would wear to the bathhouse. Uh, these weren't what they wore. These were uh, soldiers' boots. In fact, if they were cold, they could wrap their foot up with uh, some cloth. Uh, it's, it was their sock, and then they could put this on. 
Now, the interesting thing about these shoes in particular is that they were designed for all-day use. They were designed so that you could go on long marches through different terrains, up and down, wet or dry. And then uh, they were also designed in such a way that you would be able to stand and be able to stand for a long period of time without getting tired. So, um, these, and, and also, last thing, hobnails on the soles. Uh, this was fascinating because experts believe that they were there to help with longevity of the shoe. But the other interesting side benefit of these hobnails uh, is the sound they made. And can you imagine if you're just going about your day and all of a sudden you hear a thousand Roman soldiers with these nails on the bottom of their feet? Like imagine how deafening and how distinct that sound would be, right? And just like, imagine that sound, but thousands just marching forward, especially if you've had a bad encounter with a Roman soldier in the past, which, which many Jews have had. Imagine what that would do to their nerves. Well, when Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 to put on shoes that are sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace, this is what he had in mind. He had in mind, um, I believe, this, this, this sound and this image of a thousand Christians marching together, standing ready, standing together so that they can stand against the schemes of the devil. That's what I believe he had in mind when he was writing this passage. So let's unpack how the shoes can help us do that, how they can help us stand firm and stand ready so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. So that's our first point, uh, that these shoes help us to stand firm. Now I'm curious if any of you have a favorite shoe, uh, like a go-to shoe that, I mean, if you're not thinking, you always put this one on. And, and is this go-to shoe, like maybe it's so versatile that uh, it's the shoe that you wear when you go out grocery shopping and, and you also wear it when you're going on a run and when you go to the beach, this is the shoe that you wear or if you go uh, and you're trudging through snow, it's the same shoe. Uh, when you're walking over ice, you'll never slip wearing the shoe and, and when you are going out on a fancy night in the town, right, to a restaurant, this is the shoe that you wear. Does anyone have a shoe like that? One person. <laughs> I didn't even know shoes like that existed, right? Like, instead, we have specialty shoes, right? Specific shoes for specific things. Like, we have, we have ballet shoes for ballet. Yeah, exactly, right? And we got hiking boots for hiking and cowboy boots for lassoing? <laughs> no, looking good, right? That's what they're for. Uh, and then you got basketball shoes for basketball, right? Well, um, it's interesting. I, I, this reminds me of this time when Reebok pumps were all the raise. A anyone remember Reebok pumps? Anyone here? Yeah, it, it was, if you're under 30, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but these were, at one point in time, it was like, it, it, it was almost like everyone had them. Everyone didn't have them, but it was almost like that. Where when you turned on the TV, you had uh, Dennis Rodman or Dee Brown or Michael Chang or Greg Norman. They all had their own commercials talking about these Reebok pumps. Chris Rock even did a parody about them on SNL, talking about the Nike turkey. Now, this isn't real. Take a look at this. This isn't real. Um, but the parody... 
was that if you ever, we've all had Christmas dinners, right, where there's not enough turkey for the people that came, right? Because you had a few extra people that didn't respond, RSVP, they just showed up. So the Nike turkey was like, if that ever happens, make sure you buy the Nike turkey so you can just pump it up, right? And then the turkey gets bigger and you'll have more meat. <laughs> it's funny, right? Uh, not real, not real. Um, these, and, and so if you're not familiar with the Reebok pumps, uh, here's how they work. Uh, they were designed with an inflatable tongue. So if you pumped them up, like they had basketballs, if you pumped them up, uh, they wouldn't help you jump higher. I, I, it kind of, that's kind of what it, they were trying to sell them like they would jump, you, they would help you jump higher. They didn't actually help you. Well, they didn't help me jump higher. Uh, <laughs> maybe other people. Um, but when you pumped them up, what happened was the tongue of the shoe actually inflated so that the shoe fit tighter so that you would be able to stand firm and not slip around. That's what the shoe did. And in the same way, these gospel of peace shoes that we're talking about, they help us also stand firm and not slip around. Not because of an inflatable tongue, right? <laughs> the shoes don't have that, but because that's what the gospel gives to everyone who believes in it. That's why. The gospel provides for us a firm foundation that will help us not slip around, that'll help us stand firm regardless of what we are going through in our lives, right? We'll have a solid footing with our gospel of peace shoes so that whether you're walking on ice or, or oil or slip and slide, uh, walking over Lego, right, or hot poles, it doesn't matter. These gospel of shoes, what they help us do is they help us to stand firm because we're standing on the gospel. The foundation of the gospel is Jesus Christ. That's what we're reminded of when we put on these shoes. That Jesus is our cornerstone. That he is our firm foundation. In fact, take a look at this prophecy about Jesus. It's from the Old Testament. Look, I've laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. This Isaiah was talking about Jesus. In other words, no matter what comes our way and no matter what might change in our lives, and, and that change is a constant, right? Like just when we feel like everything's good and everything's set, that's when something else changes, right? It's constant in our lives. And what the gospel of peace shoes help us do is they help us st to stand firm, not to resist change, but to be able to walk through whatever change we're walking through, right? They help us to stand firm on the gospel of Jesus, even if you lose your job, right? They help us to stand firm on the gospel of Jesus, even if you have a loved one who has passed away or who is about to pass away. Even if you lose the things and the people that you love, even if you lose all that you value, the gospel of peace, when we put these shoes on, which means when we stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. I mean, things might shake around us, but in here, we will not be shaken because we know that our foundation is firm, secure, and set. If you ever forget that, um, that's why we have 
uh, the unending riches of the scriptures. And I want to show you three verses, and if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write the references down. If, if you aren't, maybe you want to grab your camera and phone and, and take a picture. Uh, but the next time you feel shaken, read these, pray these. First one's from Psalm 16. I always let the Lord guide me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, right, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests secure. When you are being shaken, that's not, right? That's not what you feel, right? When you feel shaken, you don't, feel like rejoicing. When you feel shaken, you don't feel secure. But in those moments when we pray this, we know the word of God is true. And what will happen is the Holy Spirit will give you strength and remind you of the promises of God when we read the word of God. I love the next verse, Psalm 62. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. When you're being shaken, the thing about that is you often forget how to pray or you don't know how to pray the way that maybe you need to know how to pray in those moments. And that's why we have the word of God. Because in those moments when you are just feeling like things are crumbling or, or shaky around you, when you open up the word of God and you open up to Psalm 62 and this is your prayer, you don't, you don't know what to say, but you pray, Father, I pray that I would learn to rest not in my circumstances, but in you alone. God, I pray that my hope would not come from the things that I've placed my hope in that are now turning its back against me. I pray that my hope would come from you alone because you are my rock. Lord, I confess the ways that I haven't placed my hope and my foundation on you, but right now I realize that all of that is being shaken around me, and I declare right now that you are my rock, you are my salvation, you are my stronghold, and as a result, I will not be shaken. My refuge is in you. Help me to trust in you in this moment. And you know, this isn't just for us. We all have times in our lives where the people around us need prayer, need support, or walking through a shaky time. And I know in those moments, there's, there's differing views, right? Some of you might be like, oh, you, I'm thinking of you, or I'm, I'm praying for you, or I'm with you, and, and other people take the Job route, and, and you go long-winded, you know, here's what you need to do now, and, and this is why, and you go, and, and then some of you are kind of in the middle, right? And you're like, I, I don't really know how to pray. Why not pray this for them? Why not pray Psalm 62? If you don't know what to pray, pray Psalm 62 for them. And say, hey, I'm praying Psalm 62 for you. You don't need to write it out. You don't need to write your prayer. Just say, hey, I'm praying Psalm 62, verse five, and eight, five to eight right now for you. Direct them to the word of God. Direct them to the living word. 
Isaiah 54 is another great verse, another great prayer. Though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken. Hey, when you are walking through shaky moments in your life, I don't know about you, but I don't feel peace and I don't feel love. So pray, God, in this moment, would this be true of me now? Would you fill me with your love? Would you fill me with your peace? So when we look at today's verse, stand therefore with your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace, when we read that verse, what we need to first understand is that the gospel of peace helps us to stand firm. Not on any one person, not on any one thing, but on Jesus Christ, our foundation. Our second point, the gospel of peace shoes they help us to stand ready as well, to stand ready to share the gospel of peace. Back when I was in my undergrad, I was at the University of British Columbia studying sciences, and um, when I was in between my first and second year, I uh, went on a mission trip to East Asia. Now, I didn't, I didn't go there to meet my future spouse. Uh, it ended up happening, but that's not why I went. Uh, I, I didn't go there either to discern my path to vocational pastoral ministry either, um, but that's what ended up happening too. Uh, no, the reason I went was because I heard that there are so many people in East Asia who don't know Christ. It's not that they've heard of Christ and they've decided to not follow him, it's just that they don't know Jesus, period. So when I heard that and, and then I heard someone preach on Romans 10, I was like, I gotta go. Sign me up, and I, and I started fundraising for that. Uh, take a look at verse 14 in Romans 10. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet, I love that, of those who bring good news. Feet. Shoes, good news, and the gospel. You see the connection there between this verse and the feet fitted with the gospel of peace? You know, on that mission trip, it was one of the first times I had the honor of, of leading someone across that line of decision to give their lives to Christ and begin a relationship with him. We had been building a relationship for weeks and had been talking about faith and life and school and all different things. And I still remember to this day that moment where it was dusk and I think we had just played basketball and, and we were hanging out, sitting on the edge of this fountain. And when he prayed to give his life to Christ and, and we said amen and, and opened up our eyes, I'll never forget the look I saw in his eyes. It, it, was, it was like, it was like, something completely transformed from within him. It's hard to explain with words, but it was like his eyes lit up. It was like his eyes were filled with peace for the very first time. And that's what I love about this verse, is that it doesn't say, stand therefore with your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel, period. It says the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace, there's a connection 
because the gospel provides peace. The gospel is not believing in the gospel and following Jesus isn't just something that you do with your head. It's actually something that happens that when you give your life to Christ, yes, there is a transformation that happens. You are washed in the love of the Father and you are saved by the work of the Son and the Holy Spirit rebirths you. Because the gospel that we believe, the gospel that we follow, is Jesus Christ, is peace. Jesus is peace. Jesus is our firm foundation. And that's what Paul's reminding us here in this passage. It's not just the gospel. Put on the gospel, share the gospel. No, he's, he's giving the gospel an attribute, showing us, reminding us that it's not just something we believe, it's how we live and what we are filled with afterwards, his peace as we carry his peace. That's why we're called to put it on. That's why we're called to share it. So how do we do it? How do we share the gospel of peace? Well, uh, there are three ways that we can do that. The first way is just to know why. Like, why are we supposed to do, like, why are we called to share the gospel of peace? Well, it's because God invites us to, that's why. Period, right? Like God invites us to. He doesn't, he doesn't say you have to or else. He invites us into the privilege, the honor, and the blessing to share his gospel of peace with those around us. Now, ultimately, God's the one who awakens people. He's the one who makes it all click. He's the one that will ultimately transform someone from the inside out. But the beautiful thing is he always invites us to do it with him. That's why we read what we read in Romans 10. Let me read it again. How then can they call on him they have not believed? No, I love the way that this is worded because just logically see how, it, see, see how it goes, right? Like how can someone call on Jesus, the Jesus that they, they have not believed in, right? How, how, right? How can they call if they have not believed in him? And then how can they believe if they've never heard about him? Right? And then how can they hear without someone who's gonna communicate that word to them And how can that person who's going to communicate that word to them say anything unless they are sent, right? Like you see the logic in this, how it builds up. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What I love about this passage is that Paul's not saying that there's like two different categories of shoes, right? That there's like limited edition Reebok pumps that only preachers and pastors and evangelists and missionaries get to wear, and everyone else gets Skechers shoes. All right, maybe if you're lucky, you get ones that light up. But you know, there's like the Skechers, and there's the Reebok. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying not that some, he's actually talking about all of us. He's saying that all of us have been given the same shoes. We all wear the same shoes. We're all wearing the same armor, and we're all called to go and to bring the good news. That's why We are called to share the good news because he equips us to and he invites us to. Uh, The second reason uh, and the second step to stand ready to share the gospel of peace is to just simply be ready to do it, to be ready to. Uh, And the way that we can be ready to share the gospel of peace, I covered this a few weeks ago, uh, is to live a blessed shaped life. Now what I love about this is this, this framework is such a simple way A simple, it's a radically ordinary way to be ready to share the gospel. 
Because in this framework, uh, how it works is you begin your day with prayer and, and you begin your day just saying, Lord, here I am. Like imagine what would happen if every single one of us, the first thing we did every morning was start our day with this prayer, Lord, here I am. Like what do you think would change? Not only in your life, but in those around you. And then next letter is listen, and we listen to how the Holy Spirit might lead us in our, in our appointments and our conversations and in the things that we do, and we also listen to other people. Like, listening is about learning how to be a better listener than talker. <laughs> I know a lot of us, it's, it's easier to talk than listen, but it's about being a better question asker. <laughs> right? Listen. And then the next one is eat. Uh, eat. And, and, you know, instead of just eating... Well, scrolling on your phone or, or, or by yourself or just with the people that you like hanging out with, what does it look like for you to eat once a week or, or once every other week with someone who is far from God? And you were to listen in that conversation because you had begun the day with prayer. If you do all that, what happens is natural opportunities will arise for you to serve them because you'll be talking about life and, and you'll be like, hey, can I help you with that? Or they're going to be like, can you help me with that? Or you're going to be like, hey, can you help me with that? Uh, and then you're going to be able to connect and see how the Spirit moves in your conversation and your time together. And as all that happens, what will end up happening is you will then, it's the last letter, find opportunities. Natural opportunities will arise. You don't even have to look for them. Natural opportunities will arise for you to share your story of how you met God and who He is to you. And then for you to share the story of God with them. Now, I know that living a blessed, shaped life uh, is about intentionally living in a way that you are ready to share your story in the gospel of peace. But I recognize that there are some of you here who you're like, I can share my story of how I met God. Like, I don't have an issue with that, but I don't really know how to share the story of God with someone else. I don't, I don't know how to do that. And if that's the case, well, that's why this third step is important. We just need to learn how to. Just simply, we need to learn how to. But for example, uh, if one of your neighbors or your coworkers, your classmates, your, your friends asks you, um, who is Jesus? What would you say? And then you start talking about who Jesus is, and, and then they're like, okay, then why did he have to die? Like, why? That's, that sounds gruesome. Like, why, why did he have to die? And what does that have to do with me today, like thousands of years later? If they asked you that question and those series of questions, like what, would you know what to say? Or, or what if then you're talking and, and they're like, yeah, but, but okay, come on, like God, like does God really exist? Like how do you know? Like give me some, give me some proof, give me some evidence. What would you say? Or if they then say, uh, who, who, who's the Holy Spirit? Like, you talk about the Holy Spirit, and I mean, I, I get God as the Father, and I get God as the Son. I mean, I, I, I don't actually get that, but, but then there's this Spirit. Like, what does that mean? Is, is the Holy Spirit a ghost? And, and, and then they start going down there, like, what would you say? Like, would you know how to respond? And then what if they then ask you, okay, the church, like, I would rather sleep in on Sunday and eat brunch. Like, why do you get up early and go, like, what... Why is that important? What would you say? No, seriously, like, how, would you know what to say? In, in a way that doesn't 
in a way that actually opens the door and afterwards they're like, hey, can I? And you don't even ask them to come with you. They're like, can I go with you there? Like, would you know how to direct the conversation in that manner? Well, um, in the Bible we read in 1 Peter 3, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Not sometimes. And it's not, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, direct them to this person. No, it's, it's you. Always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. And that's what this third step is all about at Beulah. It's about, it's about sharing and being ready to share the story of God with someone else. And at Beulah, one of the best ways that we do that is our Alpha class. Uh, and you can learn how to do that, and you can be equipped to do that through our Alpha class. Now, I know that some of you might be like, hey, but isn't Alpha for people who don't know Jesus? Who are exploring Jesus and, and wanting to, to begin a relationship with him and, and figure that out? And yes, that is primarily what Alpha is for. But here's the cool thing about Alpha. Is that when you participate in Alpha, you actually, like all the questions we just ran through, you will learn and be equipped to answer every single one of those questions and more if you participate in Alpha. Like that's the cool thing about Alpha. And how much more beautiful would it be if you were to invite someone, a neighbor with you on your arm, a coworker or a classmate with you on your arm, to participate in that together? Well, you can go to beulah.ca slash alpha or, or beulah.family to see when the next class is. Okay, so our text for today, our verse says this, stand therefore with your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. We've covered thus far that, our, uh, that these shoes that we are given, um, they help us to stand firm on the gospel of peace and stand ready to share the gospel of peace, right? Stand firm and stand ready. And when we do both of those things, we will then be equipped to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, when you think about shoes and you think about stand, like, okay, Standing against the schemes of the devil, that kind of sounds like fighting words. Uh, like, how do shoes help us do that? Well, um, unless you have a pair of one of these shoes, take a look at this picture. Uh, shoes aren't necessarily weapons, right? I mean, stilettos in and of themselves are scary, but like brass knuckle stilettos, I never want to be stuck in an alley with someone who's wearing one of these, right? Like, that's crazy. Uh, and, or, or a pair of these. Take a look at these, like Oxford shoes with a switchblade inside of them. <laughs> it's like, no thank you, no. You know what, when Paul was writing this verse, he wasn't talking about these types of shoes. Like these types of shoes they weren't invented. It's not what he was talking about. Now maybe right now you're thinking, but Daniel, aren't you? I'm thinking about the shoe, the Caliga, the picture of the Caliga that you showed us earlier. Let's take a look at that on the screen. Um, weren't there nails underneath those shoes, right? Take a look. Yes, yes, there are. And maybe you're like, yeah, but if we're called, to, if shoes are going to help us stand against the schemes of the devil, like, aren't those nails good for crushing the skull of your enemy? <laughs> All right, like Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Yeah, you know that song, right? I mean, no, okay, no, that's not, that's not, that's not the purpose of the hobnails. Remember, the hobnails were simply to lengthen the life of the shoe. Okay, because you can imagine how quickly leather would uh, wear down, how quickly these shoes would wear down if there was nothing underneath them, right? 
So when we think about the gospel of peace shoes, how then can they help us stand against? Like, yes, they, they help us stand firm. They help us stand ready to share the gospel of peace. But how can they help us stand against the schemes of the devil? Well, there are two ways. Uh, one is by taking a defensive posture, and the other is through an offensive one. Okay, so let's start with defense. Uh, when we think about defense, uh, actually, before we, before we get there, take a look at this, uh, the context of this again, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Right, that's what we're talking about right now. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So how can these shoes of peace help us take a defensive posture? Well, here's how. Uh, they help us to stand firm on the position that's already been won for us. Stand firm on the position that's already been won for us. Now remember, the war is already, the war is already done. Like we know what's gonna happen. Jesus is already victorious. He has already defeated sin and death. And we know that when he returns once again, after a period of time, the enemy is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. The devil is going to be thrown into the lake of fire on that great day of judgment. The devil knows that his time is limited. The devil knows that, that this is going to come. So he is bent on perpetuating as much death and destruction as he can until that day actually happens. So when we put on the gospel of peace shoes, what happens is we are able to stand firm on the victory of Christ and not be shaken. Stand firm on the strong foundation of Jesus Christ and not be shaken. Stand firm on the victorious gospel and on his peace and not be shaken when the enemy shoots his flaming arrows against us. That's how these shoes help us to stand firm and take a defensive posture. The shoes also help us take an offensive posture too. Because when we put on the feet fit of the gospel of peace, this helps us offensively because we are able to together march into the enemy's territory. Right? Like, ima like imagine not just a thousand Roman soldiers, but a thousand Christians marching. Imagine how deafening that would sound when we stand together, when we stand united, when we stand ready to stand against the schemes of the devil. That's how this, um, that's, how, that's how they help us move forward. I mean, remember Romans 10, 14, and 15? Oh, we're not going to read the whole thing, but just take a look at the end. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're called not just to know the good news, or to hold the good news, we are called here to bring the good news, to bring it, to carry the good news, to march forward with it, to announce it, to proclaim it, and to share it with everyone that we live, work, study, and play with. Because here's the beautiful thing. When we offensively together bring the good news to people in places who don't know Christ, we are bringing the light of Christ into this dark and dreary world. And when we do that, we get to be a part of snatching people from the fire and demolishing the strongholds of the enemy. 
But thank God that we don't have to do this on our own. Just take a look at this passage. It's through God that all of this happens. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are, but are powerful through God, through God, for the demolition of strongholds. Through Christ our King, our risen and resurrected Savior and Lord, He is inviting every single one of us to demolish the strongholds of the enemy by putting on the gospel of peace. So this week, I pray uh, that you would pray to put on the gospel of peace. And that when you pray to put these gospel of peace shoes on, that you would be praying and asking God to help you stand firm on his foundation and fill you with his peace. Not the temporary peace that comes from um, you know, everything kind of being status quo or, or something good happening, but the peace that comes from with him. I pray that you would pray that for yourself and those around you. I also pray that, that you would pray uh, that this week you would be ready to, to, to stand ready to share the gospel of peace with those around you, that you would begin every day with this simple prayer, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. And see how God moves in your life. So why don't we do that? Why don't we pray together? Um, let's take a look at this verse. Let's just put it up on the screen so it informs our prayer for shoes. This is what we just talked about today. It's a different translation, but for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So let's pray this together right now. So Father, we ask that you would help us to put on the feet fitted with the gospel of peace and that in doing so, that we would stand firm on your foundation, your foundation, your firm foundation, your strong foundation and your foundation that provides and gives peace to all who stand on it. May we stand firm on you, Jesus Christ. May we also be ready to share the gospel of peace with those we live, work, study, and play with. May we have sensitivity. May we grow in sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. May you open up our eyes to see opportunities to just share about how great you are, to see how great you are, and how great you've been to us, who you are, would you give us opportunities to just share the good news of who you are with those around us? So that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. For we know the enemy is strong, but you are stronger. So would you fill us with courage, strength, boldness, and your, your leadership? your guidance, with you as our shepherd, with you as our vine, would you fill us and guide us so that we can stand firm and stand ready so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're able, I wanna invite you to stand and I wanna, let's sing this song together as a prayer before we leave. Thanks for listening and thank you for giving. Your giving makes this podcast possible and helps us share this message with others. If today's message made you realize that you need to take your next step with Jesus, we'd love to help you with that. The easiest way to do that is by going to beulah.family on your browser. 
On that page, you'll find our social media links, links to upcoming events, and a link to give. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We'll see you soon.